Thank you, guys. Um, have we got a PowerPoint for this session? Don't put it up yet. Don't want to spoil the surprise. Have you? Oh, okay. I've also got a handout, but I'm going to give that to you afterwards, so um, you will take away what comes up on the screen. Just, just before um, I pray, just a, just a word on the last session. Lizzie, do you want me to pose? Um, sorry. She was trying to do it really subtly, and now I've just... Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, just, just, a, just a little word on the last session. I um, Just to reiterate, learning how to process and express what's in our hearts, in my experience, takes loads of practice. And um, there's always more fun things to do than deal with your pain. Like, always. Cleaning, for example. I mean, just anything. Anything. So I, I would encourage you guys to make it a priority. Uh, if you're going to go on this journey, you really need to book out time to do it. Um, and uh, just as well, just, just to say, I think I mentioned briefly in the message, my journey in terms of emotional connection is still ongoing. But I used to be very shut down emotionally. Um, I was always the strong one that everyone came to, and I loved that. Really helped me to feel, feel important. <laughs> and um, uh, but there was a load of pain on the inside of me, and I I just remember, I actually remember hearing Simon Holly's story, who leads Catalyst, and he shared how uh, he he was emotionally pretty shut down, and he just thought actually I think there's more for me. Um, and he just went on a journey of praying whenever he thought about it. God, would you just connect my heart to your heart? Just do something in my heart. And over time, God answered that prayer because he loves to answer our prayers. And, and so I listened to that story and went on the same journey myself. I just said, God, I, I know there's more for me. I know that you are not emotionally shut down, God. You are, you, Jesus actually experienced all of the emotions in a healthy way. So he was angry, he was full of joy, he wept, he full of compassion. And when it comes to reaching the lost, if we want to be like Jesus, we've got to be motivated by compassion. Because um, that's how Jesus did the stuff. That's how he brought the kingdom. It was through compassion for the people who don't know him. And, and I'm still very much on a journey. Um, and particularly on a journey in terms of expressing anger. Um, I'm not very good at that. Um, but I'm trying to learn how to express anger healthily because I think if we don't get angry about some stuff, there's a problem. It's some stuff we should be really angry about. <laughs> um, so anyway, just to say, it's obviously your choice, but I would strongly urge you to go on this journey of Jesus waking up your heart. Because um, I think it adds something beautiful to faith and expectation. I think it really helps to bring a richness to us and, and makes us more, look more like Jesus. Um, so go on the journey and Jesus will lead you. Brilliant. And this, in this session, I just want to speak a bit about um, knowing God as our Father. And I love what you've just shared, Duncan, in terms of the Upper Room Academy because uh, I think what Jesus models to us is... I think his, one of his primary goals in bringing the kingdom was to reveal the Father. I think he actually came to reveal the Father. And 
our job, we've been given the mandate to do what Jesus did, and I think our job is to, through doing that, reveal the Father. But you can't reveal the Father if you don't know the Father. And I think lots of us would, would say, if I asked you, do you know that God's your Father? We'd be like, yeah! Of course we all know that God is our Father. But there's a massive difference between knowing God is our Father as information and knowing him experientially as a father. Um, uh, there's a couple in the States who say information is not transformation. And I, I so agree with that. There's so much information out there. What we really need is tr- transformation. That, that comes through revelation. We've got to have revelation from the Spirit. And so, uh, yeah, I think knowing God as Father, not just as information, but experientially, like knowing him not being a father conceptually, but actually fathering us. It's a very different kettle of fish to allow him to father you. Actually know what it means to be a son or daughter and allow him to be your father. That's, it's very, very different. And again, I've been on a massive journey with this. Um, I'm still very much on the journey. Do you ever get to that point where, I don't know if, I mean, it happens to me because I teach a lot, but in terms of in churches, but you get to a point where you're teaching stuff and you feel like you know less than you thought you did several years ago. Does anyone, anyone relate to this? I feel like the more I'm getting older, the less I realize I actually know. And sometimes I teach this stuff on the Father. It's just funny because recently God's been really putting his finger on some stuff in my heart around shame and rejection, which part of me thinks, well, if I know he's my Father, I should be free of that. Anyone else have that kind of... Come on now. Um, and uh, I'm not. And there's, there's deeper. There's always deeper freedom. If you ever meet anyone who looks sorted, they're lying. <laughs> just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You just don't ever get there. And I actually, I find that so frustrating sometimes, but I also really love it because I think, for me, it just reminds me and helps me to remember God is about relationship. And he's not about getting people sorted. He wants sons and daughters who continually are dependent on him. And there's nothing quite like recognizing your brokenness to stay humble and recognize your need of him. So um, I want to talk about God as Father. And um, yeah, let me, let me just pray. Yeah, Father, we, um, oh, we, we love you. We love you so much. And we love what you're doing. Father, and um, uh, just thank you for the, for the last session. Thank you for your tenderness. Thank you for your gentleness. Um, thank you for putting your finger on stuff. Thank you, God, that there's no pressure for us to be through the journey. Uh, God, I, I realize that you're much more interested in the journey than the destination, which sometimes does my head in, because I just want to get there, whatever there is. But God, you're so interested in the journey and we just want to thank you for that. And um, Holy Spirit, would you come and just, I pray you bring revelation today. God, I, I, I don't think this is going to be new information for anyone. Um, but really, God, information does not transform us. And so, Holy Spirit, would you come and bring revelation to our hearts? God, would you, would you take us deeper on the journey of of recognizing that you are a father to us, that you actually want to father us, and that we are sons and daughters, and that we would learn to let you be our father, let you be our dad.
Come, Holy Spirit. Open the eyes of our heart. Help us to see more clearly. In your precious name. Amen. Amen. Well, um, the truth is, as I said, the way that Jesus, uh, the way that, that God primarily wants to reveal himself, I think, is as Father. And I think we can see that when we look at Jesus. So Jesus did all that he did in right relationship with the Father as a son. And he came to reveal the Father to us. In fact, in John 14, 6 to 9, he's having a discussion with his disciples. And I'll paraphrase it for you, but basically... He's saying, I'm, I need to go to the Father. I'm going to go soon. I'm going to go to the Father to prepare, to prepare a place for you. And one of the disciples says something like, well, just show us the Father and we'll be fine. And Jesus is like, oh, my gosh. And he kind of says, oh, what's going on, guys? Have I been with you all this time and you still don't get it? I don't know if you ever read about the disciples and think, phew. Anyone? It's like, thank goodness. Because um, then he says, anyone who's seen me has seen the Father. I and I am I and the Father are one. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So everything Jesus did revealed the Father. If you want to know what the Father's like, you look at Jesus. And he he went on a journey with his disciples to teach them about the Father and their relationship to the Father. So you'll know when when they asked him, teach us how to pray, he said, Our Father. That would have been massive for them. That was totally not how they would pray. So he went on this journey, journey with them. And, uh, and so I think we, we, we want to go on a journey of learning who God is as our Father. But the reality is often we go through life understanding that God is our Father, but actually looking at him through lenses that we think are accurate, but are actually distorted. So they, often we are looking at God as Father through lenses that are actually a little bit distorted, which means that we're not actually seeing him truly as he is as a father to us and let me explain some of some of why that happens I'm going to do a little illustration Jill I'm glad you're back I need you and Duncan to help me with this so you're gonna stand here uh, facing each other Duncan you're back to the room and Jill you face that way so just in front that's it perfect okay so um and can um Claire can you come and stand over here and um just gonna, this, this is not gonna, I'm not putting people in these places for any particular reason, but <laughs> Becca, just come and stand over here. So you're facing that way, Claire, and Becca, you're facing that way. Perfect, good, good, good. Okay, so, so these guys are representing themselves. They're a married couple, okay, so they're very much in love, as you can see, just by looking at them. Okay, so you don't have to do, try hard to act that out, do you? So, so they're representing humankind, if you like, okay. Um, Becca is going to represent God, okay, and 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 Claire is going to represent uh, the daughter of you two, okay. So, so the the big picture is this, okay. So we know that God created both male and female in His image and in His likeness, right? So in order to get, just as an aside here, in order to get an accurate perspective and picture of what the Father is like, of what God is like, you need both men and women in the picture. I'm just chucking that out there. And I won't go too much further, but just to say that I think for years, I think, I feel, I feel like we have missed out in certain churches 
in the full reflection of what God's really like because we haven't had enough mothers and women at the front representing him. So I'm just going to chuck that out there uh, because in order to see the full, beautiful reflection of God, he made both male and female in his likeness. So mums and dads, male and female, represent the father, okay? Now, the plan was that we, as people, would be able to look at significant men and women in our lives, let's say mum and dad, teachers, church leaders, bosses, people who are significant in our lives and have authority, and we should be able to look at them and get a dim reflection of what the Father is like beyond us, okay? That's, that's, what we, that's how we've been made, okay? That's how it works. We get to represent something of the Father, and we get to look, look at people and see a dim reflection of the Father. Now, because of sin and brokenness in the world, just turn back to back. Because of brokenness and pain and sin and wrong choices and bad situations, what ends up happening is often we look at the Father through brokenness. And so the reflection of the Father we see is distorted because of, thanks guys, because of difficulties we've had with parents, because of what's been modelled to us by church leaders, by bosses, uh, by teachers. And so because of sin, what ends up happening is the reflection, the dim reflection we have of the Father gets really distorted. And so we end up looking at the Father through wrong filters, thinking that we know him, but we don't really know him. Does that make sense? And so what we've got to do is, if, if we want to go on a journey of going in deeper revelation of what the Father's actually like, we have to go on a journey of, number one, recognizing the wrong filters we have over our understanding of the Father, asking God, where has that filter come from? Who taught me that? Going through a process of forgiving that person who taught us that, and then asking God, what's the truth about you? And if we can go through that process, we can dismantle wrong filters and actually let the truth of what he's really like as our father get into us, okay? And so I want to talk through a table of what could be some wrong filters that we might be seeing the father through, okay? So thank you very much. Here it comes. Don't get overwhelmed. I'm going to hand you this at the end, okay, so you can take it away and just spend some time with God in it. Don't rush too far ahead. It's a silly thing to say, I know. I used to be a teacher. Everyone's reading it all, aren't they now? So, um, Anyway, um, so I want to talk through some of these things by looking at Jesus and looking at what can we learn from Jesus about what the Father's like. And I just want to say this up front, okay? Sometimes when I do this session, the people who are parents in the room end up reading through this filter thinking about their kids and thinking, oh crap, <laughs> I have totally screwed up my children, okay? Just being honest, that's what some people... I just want to really ask you, please don't go there, because God is in charge of it all. He is, he is the father we ultimately need, okay? We are going to get stuff wrong because we just are. Don't ever underestimate the power of an apology, it's so powerful. Um, but really, ultimately, what you need as a parent or a boss or anyone is a revelation of the Father. Because, like we, said, like we saw in the last session, 
whatever's going on here is going to flow out of you. So the more revelation you get of the Father, the more you will reveal the Father to the people around you. Okay? So, you guys ready? Is everyone happy? <laughs> okay. So let's have a look at some of these filters. So some people see, see God as conditionally loving, whereas he loves us unconditionally. A couple of examples. The fact that he picked Zacchaeus. What a beautiful story is that? Out of everyone he could have had food with, he chose Zacchaeus, who everyone hated. I'm going to come and have food with you. He loves us unconditionally. The fact that he loved to eat with sinners. What an amazing, amazing saviour. And what an amazing father. And I know of people whose parents or authority figures in their lives only ever gave affirmation and expressed love and value when they achieved. So it taught that person that their worth and their value is wrapped up in their performance. That in other words, it's conditional. And what happens is, if you then project that mindset onto God, you can end up living in this mindset that in order to please him or to know he loves me or to receive my worth, I have to perform and achieve in order to feel loved by him. And that can become very, very exhausting. You tend to have high expectations of yourself. You try really hard. You overanalyze. You beat yourself up if you mess up. Because in your mindset, the Father's only pleased with you if you're achieving. So making mistakes will not be a good thing for you. Anyone relate? No? <laughs> I just described myself. <laughs> Anyone? This is, I've had to really wrestle with it. I'm still wrestling with this. My value, feeling like my... Even though I know in my head that he loves me unconditionally, there's this thing in my heart that makes me feel like, but I need to perform for his approval. And I remember hearing someone once say, if you grow up in a household where there's a lack of affirmation, you will spend your life seeking approval. And if you're seeking approval, you can fall into people-pleasing, wanting everyone to think you're amazing, wanting to prove yourself. That's not what the Father's like. He loves us unconditionally. And we need revelation from the Holy Spirit, because I don't, I don't know about you, but I don't get this. So the reality is you could leave this room and make the biggest mess of your life and the Father wouldn't love you any differently. I don't know about you, that feels very uncomfortable to me. <laughs> but that's the truth. That's grace. That's why grace is so amazing. I think if we really understood grace, we would be very offended by it. Honestly. He loves us unconditionally. Some people think God is harsh and critical but he is kind and understanding and gentle. So many stories I could pick out, but the woman with the issue of blood. I love so many beautiful interactions of Jesus with women. The woman with the issue of blood, she shouldn't have been in the crowd. She shouldn't have been there. What I absolutely love is that Jesus stops to find out who touched him, which the disciples think is a crazy thing because everyone's touching him. But Jesus has a plan, and the plan is this. He wants everyone to see that she's healed. Why? Because she gets restored into community. He's so kind. She would have experienced rejection for 12 years. Shame. But Jesus, even though he's on the way to stop a 12-year-old girl dying, who, by the way, ends up dying, he waits to restore her. That's incredible. 
The Father is so kind and gentle and understanding. He always wants to restore connection. You know, if you've experienced harshness, criticism, what it tends to produce is shame. Harshness and criticism tends to produce shame. And if you feel shame, your two of your responses are either you're going to hide or you're going to try really hard to prove yourself. That's what shame produces. You hide or you try really hard to make up for the shame you feel. Jesus is so kind and gentle. He's not harsh or critical with you. Some of you, I don't know if you can relate to this, but for me, my issue is my own voice. Anyone hard on themselves? I have to try and train myself. That is not what the Father's saying. That is not what he thinks. He's kind and he's gentle and he's patient and he's restoring. That's what the Father's like. Some people think God is controlling, whereas the truth is he is releasing and empowering. Again, a few examples. The disciples were sent on mission, in my opinion, way before they should have been. <laughs> Anyone else? I mean, I mean, I wouldn't have released them. If I, if I did, I would at least have followed at a distance behind to watch what they were doing. But Jesus was like, go. And I'm, really? They've got no idea what they're doing. And he releases them. Or the Gadarene demoniac, the guy who was completely oppressed. He meets Jesus. He's completely set free in a moment. Beautiful. And then he says to Jesus, let me come with you. And Jesus says, no, you can stay and be the evangelist for your town. Really? I'm not sure that would be our discipleship strategy. But Jesus is so releasing and empowering. He's not afraid of mistakes. And just to share a story from my, from my own life with this. Um, I remember... I realized it when I was, I'd moved to Bedford to train as a teacher and I was lodging with a couple in the church and they were out one night and I did the washing up to, to help them and I accidentally broke a plate and I absolutely freaked out. I was like, oh my gosh, I have just made a huge mistake. What am I going to do? Should I tell them? Should I just put the stuff in the bin and pretend I'd never done it? But I couldn't do that. I felt so, oh, I was petrified. They came back from being out, and I said, guys, I just need to confess something to you. It's like, this, this is the sin. I just need to confess this, this thing to you. I accidentally broke one of your plates while I was washing up, but I'm really happy to replace it. Please, can you tell me where you, where you got it from? And I was feeling all this fear, and they looked at me, and they said, Wendy, it's, it's fine. It's just a plate. <laughs> and honestly, in that moment, I was like, oh, my gosh. I think my, my, think my thinking's wrong. <laughs> this revelation think I'm thinking wrongly about this I've got this wrong filter because I also was looking at the father like this and thinking if I as a believer if I mess up I am screwed and God is going to punish me that's what I used to think and so I went on this journey of removing the filter and I'll tell you what I did and this is just one tool that you could use if you wanted to it certainly helps me but you don't have to use this tool. You can do something completely different if you want to. But this is what I did. I asked the Holy Spirit, where does this memory come from? Where does this filter come from? And he gave me this memory of sitting at the dinner table and knocking over my water. And so I realized my dad had taught me that. He had taught me that making mistakes was not okay. Not intentionally. It wasn't his heart. But that's what I'd learned as a little girl. And so I knew my dad was the one I needed to forgive. When the Bible says, when you forgive, you need to forgive from the heart. 
So in other words, your heart needs to be connected with what you're saying and what you're feeling. So what I did is I pictured my dad in front of me. I didn't go and speak to him about it. I pictured him in front of me, and I told him everything I needed to tell him about what that action had done in me. Dad, when you exploded when I knocked over the water, I felt really scared. I thought I'd made this huge mistake. I just, it was an accident. I didn't mean to do it, and you made me feel blah. And I kind of got all the stuff out of my heart that I needed to say as a little girl, but I didn't know how to because I was just petrified. And I got all of that pain out, and I had my dad in front of me and expressed it to him. And then when I'd done that, then I forgave him. So it wasn't just the decision to forgive him. I forgave from the heart because I was feeling the pain. Then I forgave him and released him. And uh, what I did with that, again, you can do this or not, but I pictured a boat in front of me. helps me because I'm quite visual. And I pictured myself putting him in the boat, and the boat was connected to me with a rope, and the rope represented unforgiveness. So I, I pictured myself putting my dad in the boat, Cutting the rope as a sign of I'm forgiving you and pushing him out into the sea of God's mercy and grace. Okay? And then he's, he's, it's God's job to, to deal with him. And I just prayed a blessing over him. So I forgave him. And then I asked Jesus, um, where were you in the memory? Because Jesus represents the Father and he was there with me. And I want a different narrative. So I was like, Jesus, where were you in the memory? And I pictured myself back at the table. Jesus was opposite me. And I leant over again. And I accidentally knocked my water over. And this fear started to rise up in me. But then immediately, I saw Jesus knock his water over on purpose. <laughs> it was like, Psh! and smiled at me. And I, was, I, I laughed. And I thought to myself, oh my gosh, that is what the Father's like. It's totally changed that memory. Because I learned in that moment, I have a Heavenly Father who covers my shame. He protects my heart. He takes my shame so I don't feel ashamed. And it was absolutely incredible. And I, I have done that many, many times with memories. And it just shifted my whole perspective. Because I suddenly saw what the Father was actually like. Sometimes people think God is unforgiving, but he is forgiving. And again, we know this is true, but sometimes we still don't live like it is. We know that God forgives us. Sometimes we don't forgive ourselves, and that's a problem. Um, again, woman caught in adultery, love that story. Jesus came and said to the people who were going to kill her, let the one without sin cast the first stone. By his own statement, he could have cast the first stone, but he didn't. I love that. What a saviour. What a father. And so sometimes we've experienced grudges or rejection when we've messed up, which is again might have led to shame. And we need to know that we've got a father who accepts us fully, who forgives us completely, totally washes us clean. Even that thing that keeps popping up that you think you're just never going to be forgiven of, the father's already forgiven it. And we've got to see him through that filter. Some people think God's cold and distant and void of emotion, but we've already seen. He's warm and affectionate, full of compassion. And we've already seen that at Lazarus' tomb. And, you know, often it's our mums we run to for comfort. Often, often that's true, not always, but often. But some of us have never received comfort or affection from our mums. And so we've got a massive void in our hearts. 
or some of us did not allow our mums to comfort us. We thought we needed to be strong. My story would be that I stopped being a daughter way too early. I tried to grow up way too quickly. Anyone else relate to that? I thought I I need to be independent. And so I withdrew myself way too quickly and I'm having to relearn what it means to actually be a daughter. But if we haven't received comfort from our parents or from significant figures in our lives, we end up trying to comfort ourselves through lots of different things. Sin, food, relationships, alcohol, drugs, busyness, anything to comfort the pain. We've got to go on a journey of learning to let the Father comfort us. I am still learning what that means. I am still learning what that means, but I do know that he's a God who loves the comfort. And actually, he calls the Holy Spirit comforter. <laughs> I will leave you another comforter. In other words, we are going to need comfort, but we've got to look for, the, look, look for it in the right place. And that's from him. Is everyone doing okay? Some people think God is indifferent towards us. Other people are more important. But the truth is God is attentive towards us and fiercely protective. I love the story of the woman with the alabaster jar. She walks into this room. There's so much in this story. Walks into this room. She shouldn't have been there. Everyone was like, what's she doing? What a waste of money. Really rejection, rejection, accusation. Jesus says, leave her alone. Come on. I love it. Leave her alone. She is doing a beautiful thing for me. In fact, everywhere the gospel is preached, we're going to talk about her. Can you feel the feistiness of the Father? Leave her alone. What are you doing? Some of you need to hear that. You need to hear the feisty, fierce protectiveness of the Father. Leave them alone. If you don't realize the Father is your protector, you'll try to, comfort, try to protect yourself. And that usually means withdrawing, protecting your heart, disconnecting from relationships. He is our protector, and he's totally trustworthy. Some people think God's disappointed with us. He is full of grace for our weaknesses, calls us and restores us. And the recommissioning of Peter, I absolutely love this story because... He must have thought he'd completely blown it when he denied Jesus three times. Can you imagine being in that scenario? I would have felt so much shame. I would have thought, I can't even look at Jesus. I can't be near him. So I would have felt so bad. And yet Jesus comes and asks Peter three times, do you love me? Every every time cancelling out of a mistake. How beautiful is that? That's what the Father's like. He restores. He's full of grace. The only way we learn that is if we allow ourselves to be in the place of mess. So Peter only really learned about the grace of God after he'd really messed up. (laughs) I'm not saying you should go and mess up. (laughs) But, But sometimes we do need to recognize we've got loads of mess and brokenness because we need to meet God in that place. We need to know his grace. And the reason you're called to do the stuff you're called to do is nothing to do with you. You can't do anything without him. Do you know that? 
can't actually breathe unless he gives you a breath right now. His grace is amazing. We put so much pressure on ourselves to be the answer. What we really need to realize is we cannot be, and that's brilliant. Some people think God's stingy and withholds good things, but he's generous and he loves to give abundantly. Feeding of the 5,000, 12 baskets of leftover food. Why? Why? What's the point? I mean, what did they do with that food? Has anyone ever thought? Loads of leftovers. Why? I think it's because he wanted to teach the fathers absolutely abundant and lavish. Sometimes we think, oh, he just gives enough. Like the best story is if God, he just gave me just what I needed. Amazing story. But I would love more stories of, gave me way more than I needed. Way more. I didn't even need it. Because he's abundant and he's lavish. That's what he's like. I just want you to turn to the person next to you and just particularly identify anything particular that stood out to you from that list that I've just talked through that you think the Holy Spirit's got your attention about. Go for it. Okay, let's come back together. Okay, guys. I want us to pray in just a minute. I'm going to take a moment to pray in just a minute. Um, uh, but just quickly to talk through the process again of how to go on this journey of getting freedom. So it's a, it's a dual thing of removing the wrong filter and hearing the truth. Okay, we need both. So it's, first of all, when you recognize you've got a filter or a wrong understanding, okay, Father, where's this come from? Where did I first learn this? Often he'll give you a memory. And in that memory, you'll identify the person you need to forgive, okay, who misrepresented the Father in that way. Then, 
It's picturing that person in front of you and expressing to them how what they did or didn't do made you feel and getting the pain out. And again, this takes practice. We have to practice doing it. Sometimes we minimise what they've done because we think, well, they only did that because they don't know any different. And I, I know that. My parents are amazing. They didn't do what they did intentionally, but they still hurt me, still affected me. And actually, some people think it's dishonouring to do it. We're meant to honour our parents, and so we, we mustn't do any of that. I've personally have found I have much better now honouring my parents because I've been able to forgive them well. It's, it's been much, much better for me and for them. So picture the person in front of you. Tell them how it made you feel. When you've said everything you need to say, forgive them from the heart. If you want to picture the boat thing, you can. Uh, it's really important that we get to forgiveness because unforgiveness will block your heart off. It doesn't do anything to them, but it really messes you up. So we need to get to a place of forgiveness. Sometimes if you push the boat out into the sea of God's mercy, but you suddenly pray for a storm to come to capsize that boat, <laughs> right? I've been here. Or you suddenly feel like you want to become a Viking and light... <laughs> right, just to say, that usually means you haven't said everything you need to say. Okay? I have done that before. I've pushed them out and I've been like, and I have to pull them back and uh, say some more things because there's more pain in my heart. Okay? Push them out. The idea is to bless them, to be able to bless them and really want God to bless them. Sometimes I've put myself in the boat because sometimes the person we need to forgive is ourselves. So I've put myself in the boat and blessed myself. And then it's asking Jesus, where were you in the memory? What, what is the truth? And seeing where he is and what he wants to say to you. Uh, just one more quick story before we pray. I remember praying this through with someone before. And her, her pain was always feeling overlooked. And the memory was she was in a school play and she wanted to be the main character and the main part. But the teacher put her in the choir to stand on the bench at the back. So we prayed it through. She pictured her teacher in front of her. She said everything she needed to say. She put her teacher in the boat. She forgave her teacher. I always love it when I get to this point of, let's ask Jesus where he was. Because I can always tell where some, when someone realizes, because they usually start crying and laughing. So I said, let's just picture where Jesus was. And she starts to cry and smile. I said, do you see him? She's like, oh, yeah, I see him. I said, where is he? She said, it's, he's standing next to me on the bench. I was like, what's he doing? She said, he's standing next to me on the bench, singing really loudly so that everyone looks at me. Isn't that beautiful? She suddenly learned that the father that she has wants everyone to see her. She's not overlooked at all. Isn't that beautiful? So let's take some time to pray, shall we? Why don't we stand together? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. just want to encourage you just to shut your eyes and maybe open your hands out just to receive. And uh, as, I was, as I've said already, this is like a lifetime of learning Learn, unlearning and learning. And so, uh, 
Yeah, Father, we just thank you that you are committed to our hearts and you're committed to showing us what you're like. And, uh, yeah, Father, I just want to pray that you'd come and just put your finger on any filter right now in our hearts that you'd like to, like to deal with, any way that we're looking at, looking at you and understanding you that isn't quite right. Would you show us, maybe give us a memory, Father, or, yeah, however you want to do that, would you come and show us? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Papa. As some of you in the room now, you will have got a memory. You'll be mindful of something. If that's you, just, just quickly wave at me. There's many of us around the room. Yeah. Well done, guys. So good. Thank you. Just feel free to keep focused on Jesus. and Yeah, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. If you feel comfortable doing so, you might want to just start speaking to the person that you need to forgive. Just picture them in front of you, start speaking to them. Telling them how they made you feel when they did that thing or didn't do that thing. Don't have to do it loudly. Just it's important that what's in your heart comes out. It's like getting the poison out again. Poison out of the wound. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Come, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. More of your presence. More of your presence. Yeah, just feel free to, to speak to the person if you feel able to. When you did this, or when you didn't do this, or when you said this, or all I needed was this. Start to talk to them. Such a beautiful sense of God's presence here. There's the tenderness of God. I feel like there are many of you in the room, the point at which I talked about God being fiercely protective. There was a light bulb moment because you've not felt that. Wow. I really felt God on that moment. Where, where are you? Where are you guys? You didn't feel protected. You, didn't, you don't know that revelation. Whoa. Yeah, thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Whoa, come Holy Spirit. Father, I want to pray that you would come and do a beautiful work in these guys' hearts. That they would know that you are fiercely protective of them. Whoa. When we're not protected, we feel exposed and unsafe. And when we feel unsafe, we hide. 
And the Father is calling people out of hiding. The Father is calling people out of hiding. There's a song that I love that's called, um, I don't know what it's called, but the words are, come out of hiding, you're safe here with me. There's no need to cover what I already see. No need to be frightened by intimacy. He already sees it. He already knows it. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Unlock it, Father. Unlock it, Father. A lot of this process you're going to need to do with a friend or in your room or when you have a bit more time. Whoa. But I just want to pray, Papa, that you would start to unlock our hearts. Whoa, that we would be people who go on a journey of understanding who our dad is. Whoa, that we wouldn't change the subject, but they would go deeper and deeper and deeper in knowing who you are, Father. You are such a good Father. You are such a kind Father. You're fiercely protective of your children. You're fiercely protective of your children. Just let him come to you. I feel like he wants to come and reveal truth to you. Maybe in your memory, Jesus wants to show you where he is right now. Just look out for him. Just say, Jesus, where were you? Where were you? What did you think? What were you doing, Jesus? Whoa. More, God. More. Just let him come to you. He's fiercely protective. You don't have to be afraid. Some of you, your heart is so full of fear because you've not been protected in the way you should have been. And the Father's coming to restore you right now. Whoa, you can come out of hiding. You're safe with him. You're safe with him. Some of you have never heard a kind word come out of the mouth of your parents. They were so harsh and so critical that it has wounded your heart. And the Father is coming to bring a soothing balm into your heart right now to speak a different word to speak a different word, to tell you how proud he is, to, to tell you how much he loves you just because you're his son, just because you're his daughter, that you've got nothing to prove. Some of you, you're living your life trying to make up for how you think you've lacked. And the Father wants to tell you right now, you don't lack anything. You don't lack anything because I love you, because I'm with you, I'm in you. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Just let him come. There's a deep work going on in people's hearts. More. More, Jesus. More, Father. More, Father. More, Father. More. More, God. Go deeper, Papa. Bring revelation to us. Show us what you're really like. Blow us away. For some of you, as the Father's showing you the truth, there'll be tears. For some of you, there'll be laughter because you'll suddenly realize, oh my gosh, he's better than I realized. He's nearer than I thought. He's kinder than I understood. He's more generous than I could ever have got my head around. More, God. More, God. Just open your hands to receive. Just open your heart. There's more. Whoa. I feel like the Father is just uh, unlocking hearts to receive revelation. He's unlocking hearts to receive revelation. thing is, you can't work hard to get a revelation of the Father. You have to receive it. Come, Holy Spirit. 
Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. More. More. <laughs> More. <laughs> More. More. Revelation of the Father. Revelation of your daughterhood. Revelation of your sonship. The pressure is off. I feel like many of you just need to shake off expectations that others have put on you, but also that you put on yourselves. I feel like the Father says, just shake it off. Just shake it off. Stop trying so hard to be approved of. You already are approved of. You already are approved of. Stop trying so hard to make up for what you think you've messed up in. Receive his forgiveness. Woo! <laughs> More God. More God. Whoa. More Jesus. More Jesus. If you, if you feel like you're living under this sense of pressure to try and be someone, you're, you're just knackered because you're trying really hard all the time. Just quickly lift your hand. Yeah, I'm lifting my hand, by the way. <laughs> yeah, just, just receive. Just, can, you, can you just come near to the front if that's you? We'll worship in just a minute, but yeah, just come to the front. If you feel like I'm living under this pressure, I'm trying to be a certain way, the Father just wants to lift it off. Right now, just come to the front if that's you. Ooh, yeah, come on. There's going to be a, a lightness and a joy that comes. It's, it's weird to me that sometimes, I don't understand it, but in the kingdom, sometimes you can, you can have the worst memory and the deepest pain, but no incredible joy. Because the Father just comes and, and brings a different revelation. So just receive, if that's you. We just pray right now, Father, that expectation and pressure would be broken off of people in Jesus' name. I just want you just to repent. Say, say to the Father, Father, I'm sorry that I've been trying to prove myself. I'm sorry that I've been trying to be who you're not asking me to be. I ask that you'd forgive me. And I just pray for a lightness to come right now. Father, I just pray. I just pray for a lightness to come. He loves you because he loves you, because he loves you, because he loves you, because he, he loves you, because he can't help himself, because he is love. That's amazing. <laughs> he loves you because he loves you, because he absolutely can't help himself, because he loves you, because he absolutely loves you, because he loves you so much. <laughs> He loves you, 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 he loves you. He really loves you. He really, really loves you. More than that, more than that, he loves you so much. His heart is towards you, his affection is poured over you. He loves you, he loves you, he loves you. He really, 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 really loves you. Really, really, really. He really loves you. He really, really, really loves you. He's fiercely protective of you. He's not asking you to be a certain way. He just loves you because he does. <laughs> because he just does. Father, we just pray for your affirmation to flood these hearts. Where there's been a lack of affirmation, God, let your approval and your affirmation flood these hearts. <laughs> Go deeper, Jesus. Go deeper. Let your approval and your affirmation and your acceptance trump every other voice. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Bring a lightness. Bring lightness. Bring lightness. Bring lightness. Bring joy, Jesus. Lift off heaviness, Father. More, God. More, God. I just pray for your presence all around this room. Just lift your hands all around the room. Just lift your hands for, to, the, to the Father. 
You see, the thing is that it's the Holy Spirit who gives us revelation of this. Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit. I just pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation all around this room. There'll be light bulb moments of understanding. He is my dad. Oh my gosh. I'm his daughter. I'm his girl. I'm his boy. I'm his son. I'm loved. I'm accepted. I'm delighted in. Woo! That is good news. That is good news. I just feel like as well, what happens is when you understand that you're really loved, is the pressure drops off and you can enjoy life a little bit more. Because <laughs> you, you don't have to try anymore. You can just receive. And we have got to learn how to receive. We're usually not very good receivers. It's much more comfortable to give than receive often. And the Father is calling us to learn to receive. Learn to be a receiver. Learn to be a receiver. Learn to be a receiver. Oh, wow. I feel the presence of God right now. Learn to be a receiver. Receive. 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 Just keep receiving. Keep receiving. Don't rush on. Keep receiving. Don't switch into being a leader. Keep receiving. Keep receiving. What that looks like is just saying, Father, I just want more of you. I just want more, God. I don't even know what I need, but I just want more of you. <laughs> There's a beautiful sense of God's presence here. His tenderness. Intimacy. Come, Father. Just keep receiving. Receive. 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 I feel like there's someone here, might be more than one of you, that you would consider yourself to have been abandoned as a child. That would be the word that you would use to describe. Abandoned. Where are you? Just quickly wave at me. Just quickly wave at me. Yeah, okay. There's a couple of you. Anyone else? Okay. The Father particularly wants to come to you right now. Receive from Him. You've, you were never abandoned by Him. You were never abandoned by Him. You were never abandoned by Him. Let that truth go deep into your spirit. A break off abandonment and rejection in Jesus' name. And I pray for your love to go deep. Deep, deep, deep. Thank you, Papa. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Just keep receiving.
just keep receiving, guys. There's such a tender sense of the presence of God here. And so I just want you to keep receiving. The Father knows what you need. And uh, I don't want us to, what I don't want us to do actually is rush into worshipping because I think it switches us from being receivers to givers. Uh, but I, I think Becca's got some stuff she might sing over us. And if you feel like you want to join in, that's totally fine. But if you are receiving, I want you to linger in receiving. I just want you to keep receiving from the Father because He is going to take things deeper as we keep receiving from Him. So what I'm, what I'm saying is that don't rush out of this space of receiving. Let Him keep coming to minister to you. Yeah, Father, we just thank you for what you're doing all around the room. And I want to pray for more. Yeah, Kezia, there's more for you. There's more. Don't, don't, don't hide it. Father's coming deep to you right now. Just receive his affection. Receive his affection. He sees you, Kezia. He sees you. He sees you. And he knows. He knows. And you're not on your own. And you're not, you're not a mistake. You're not, he's not disappointed with you, Kezia. He's really not. Like he is really not. He is fiercely protective of you. Like he's very feisty when it comes to you. Very feisty. God, go deeper. Go deeper. She bought up a bus, did it,